Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues here on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for joining us here on AFR. In studio with me today, well, not with me, but uh, I'm not in studio, uh, is uh, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Happy first day of winter or last day of summer, whatever you want to look at it on the calendar. You don't believe in fall, do you, Fred? <laughs> it's got, Oh, yeah, I skipped fall this year. <laughs> you, just, you just you don't like fall yeah uh chris woodward good morning chris good morning fall is our greatest 13 days of non-consecutive weather in northeast mississippi <laughs> <laughs> and our good friend from kansas city kansas ray pritchard good morning hey ray. tim how you doing what's up doing okay uh i'm not in the studio i'm about 100 yards from fred and chris because i got the covid uh, asymptomatic People want to say, well, how do you know you have it if you're asymptomatic? I got tested because my wife got it, uh, and she was symptomatic. So I got tested. So maybe 100 yards social distancing will make Fred and Chris okay. You're really maybe taking I'm... social distancing to a whole new level. I measured. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I'm keeping my distance, Tim. I'm yeah. got about 600 you're miles right. away. <laughs> <laughs> you I don't, don't know. know about this this Omicron thing. You Fa- don't Fauci know. says 650 miles away now. So I'm in so, trouble. Oh, is that the new social distancing plan? At <laughs> <laughs> night. Oh me. The uh, speaking of the Omicron, right? Right. Is that which? Okay. Right. The uh, Omicron variant. Uh, tonight, President um, Biden, Chris, <laughs> is going to. Um, make a speech to the country, is that right? Correct, yes. Or is that this afternoon? Uh, it is today. This afternoon. Yeah, probably mid-afternoon, uh, local time or our time, however you want to look at it. What's he going to say, Chris? Well, he's he's expected to announce a number of things. Uh, they seem to think is going to help us further combat uh, COVID-19 and specifically this new variant. Uh, looking at some of the details, which you can read about at uh, AFN.net, Uh, He's going to announce the purchase of a half billion at-home rapid (coughs) COVID-19 tests and also the mobilization of a thousand military medical personnel to what are being described as overburdened hospitals in an effort to confront this uh, new surge of infections that uh, he and others are talking about on the uh, news just about every day. So they're still um, going to the, you know, briefing room and talking about how they're going to combat things. Um, whether or not we may see, uh, I, w- I would imagine we'll see and hear another push for things like, uh, and I'm using air quotes, vaccinations, boosters, uh, the need for kids to wear uh, masks and get boosters and shots and things like that. More of the same, but a little bit of uh, new information, put it that way. Ray, you and I were talking uh, via text a little <coughs> while ago, and nobody wishes sickness on anybody, obviously, no. our country. No. Nobody, nobody wants to see anybody get sick. Uh, however, if the uh, Omicron um, variant, which seems to be surging now, if that's going to be, um, you know, sweeping the country, and I don't see how it doesn't, it, as infectious as it is, then uh, it may turn out in the end to be a good thing, right? Well, evidently, this variant is far more transmissible than the original 
COVID or mm -hmm. the Delta variant we had. That is to say, it, it spreads faster. Uh, it spreads to a far greater range of people. You can get it quicker is what we're saying. So it is highly transmissible, and at least so far, ev evidently, it is much less deadly in terms of, and look, it's still a virus, right? You can still get sick, but they're saying evidently not nearly uh, as difficult to fight. So maybe, Tim, what's going to happen is we're all going to get it. Maybe everybody is going to end up getting mm -hmm. the, the Omicron variant. We're going to get the antibodies built up. And maybe, maybe at that point we'll have the herd immunity we've been talking about and bring this uh, awful pandemic to an end. That's at least, that's not irrational to hope that that's going to happen. Which is to say, Tim, it's good if you've got it. Then I mean, you've got it, you're asymptomatic. That builds up that immunity inside your own system. Uh, if millions yeah. of people end up that way, we're actually in a better place. This is the second time I've tested positive in the last year. and <clears throat> Well, I had a test in, uh, in antibodies test in August, and they said, you've had it, and I never knew it. So I've been asymptomatic twice now, and uh, that represents about 40% of the public that, that don't have any symptoms, really. Now, I've known four people who've had it, and, you know, I guess they've had the O variant. I mean, that's the one going around, right? I know four people who've had it in the last couple of weeks, and uh, they had uh, cold-like symptoms and nothing serious, uh, you know, just like having a cold. And uh, got over it within a few days. So if that's the case with the vast majority of people, and it's not going down into the lungs, then uh, that's a that's a very good thing. And as as you say, Ray, will lead to more people getting the antibodies. Then we get herd immunity, and then we move on past this, and it becomes uh, uh, maybe an annual thing where we say, okay, it's you know we had COVID season, like we had flu season. Right. Now take your Take your medicine, and if you're if you're sick, stay home. And ever you know, and the potency of it uh, that we saw early on in the in, with the virus with the COVID nineteen in terms of affecting the lungs, that's where people get in trouble. Uh, and a lot of people got in trouble, and sadly, some of them died because they didn't get treated. Right. Uh, they didn't get treated when they, I knew a few people who got very sick, and this was early on in the pandemic, and and the hospital just told them, hey, uh, you know. Go home and come back if you can't breathe <laughs> right. type thing. We, we know a lot more now, and we can treat it a lot better. Well, it, it's very fair to say that. I mean, in March, April, May, June of 2020, everybody was scrambling, right? Everybody was – the doctors were scrambling. We have learned so much more than we knew back then. So early treatment, uh, early response – is very very important but basically you're now are you do you have any like stuffed up nose or anything like that or i sound like a doctor now asking you this tim but i mean well, you uh, are a doctor. i'm gonna invoke i'm gonna invoke HIPAA laws right here ray uh, really, <laughs> that's a fair inappropriate illegal for you to ask me that uh <laughs> no I, personally I, a little sniffles here and there yeah, but yeah. Uh, my wife allison she's she's coughed some and and felt tired uh but nothing serious, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and, and as, as I say, I'm not a doctor either, <laughs> but I have read where this uh, this O variant basically is in a nasal area of it. Mm -hmm. uh, infection, if that's it, what you want to call it. It's interesting. The doctors in South Africa, remember a couple of months ago, 
Uh, they said it didn't look as serious as the initial variants. In fact, uh, in the last three or four days, the stories coming out of South Africa, the case levels are going down dramatically. And so yeah. it's kind of in South Africa, it's come and gone, and it hasn't really been that big a deal. You know, the thing that uh, Joe Biden apparently is going to say again, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated this afternoon, but also this, I don't know, uh, this 500 million tests that the government is going to send out, you have to go to a government website mm -hmm. and put your address in there and they'll send it to you. There's going to be people, I think, that say, mm, <clears throat> gee, is the government trying to find out if I'm willing to go along with their plan by putting my address in there, requesting a free vaccine, a vaccine test? I don't know. We'll have to A wait free what test? It's a free COVID test. Oh, you can get up at the drugstore yeah. for nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I knew. I was positive. I took one of those drugstore tests. Mm -hmm. Takes you about 10 minutes to find out the results, 15 minutes. That's if it's accurate. Mm -hmm. Mine was because I went and got that confirmed at the doctor. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, we'll see what the president says. I think uh, uh, if I can use this term, and I don't know if it's accurate or not, but it's my observation, I think Biden and Harris uh, have, have been somewhat humbled by this, uh, I'm, many people listening may not agree with that, but mm -hmm. it's, my, it's my opinion. I don't know what the president will say tonight or this afternoon exactly or what the tone will be. His tone should be, uh, uh, it shouldn't be uh, unvaccinated people, you're all going to die. <laughs> that, should, that should not be his tone this afternoon. He needs, he needs to forget that approach. Um, but we'll see. But I think they've been humble in the sense of this, in this way. <clears throat> they they <clears throat> they blamed President Trump <clears throat> for everything related to COVID, the deaths. Remember Biden saying that anybody who has this number of deaths on, on his watch needs to resign. Yes, doesn't need to be president. And now Biden. If you want to, I'm just talking about number of deaths while you're president from COVID. Biden's numbers have surpassed Trump's in a very short period of time. So, <clears throat> what I uh, think Biden and Harris, Harris was striking a, a less uh, condemning tone last night. When the comments I was reading about her, yeah. she was saying it's not time to find blame or fault. It's, yeah. You know, did you read this? Yeah, I've got, the read this? I've got the exact quote here. Well, go, go ahead. Yeah, she told an interview with CBS, I don't think this is a moment to talk about fault. Um, it is no one's fault that this virus hit our shores or hit the world. It is more about individual power and responsibility and the decisions that everyone has the choice to make. I was rather shocked. <clears throat> well, mark this date, Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. <clears throat> Where I completely agree with Vice President Harris <laughs> there you go. on anything, <laughs> right? What, right? What it do you may think not. It may it? not happen again, Tim. No, so. mark this date and time. What do you think? I, I think that's good for her to good to hear that from her. What do you think, Ray? Oh, absolutely. And she's right. It wasn't President Trump's fault that the virus came and spread, and it's not Joe Biden's fault either. The virus, in some in some senses, is going to do what the virus is going to do. It's going to run its course. Hopefully. When this variant is over, it will have run its course, mainly, hopefully. But so I think she's right to say that. It would have helped if, if Joe Biden had said that from the beginning. 
Yeah, and also one other thing related to this, <clears throat> that is, um, you know, you, you, the, to keep harping on the unvaccinated as if they're the unwashed, if he's going to keep blaming, uh, say it again, if he's going to say it's a, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, well, you know what, that's just not true. And, uh, that's just not true because the vaccinated people in this country, those who chosen to get the shots, even the boosters, <clears throat> a lot of them uh, are getting uh, this O variant too. And, and so <clears throat> it's just not true to say it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh, this is an equal opportunity spreader. And, <clears throat> and so, uh, uh, I, I hope that he won't go down that road again this afternoon or this evening, whenever Biden chooses to speak on this. You're listening to Today's Issues. By the way, if you want to join us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube, type in Today's Issues, and you can watch the show there. Today's Issues, the name of the program on YouTube or Facebook. If you want to send us an email, go to comments at AFR.net. Comments at AFR.net. Chris, next story. Well, we've got some happy news. Oftentimes, I... And brought on here to uh, ruin your day in 55 <laughs> minutes. Uh, but we've got some happy news, and you can find this again at AFN.net or uh, Newsroom website. Uh, those captive American missionaries and a Canadian that were being held in Haiti by a gang, uh, they actually uh, managed to escape. Uh, they made a daring overnight escape, eluding kidnappers, walking for miles over difficult moonlight terrain, uh, even with an infant and other children in tow. And I have some sound here, courtesy of our Steve Jordahl. This, uh, what you're going to hear here, is Christian Aid Ministry spokesman Weston Showalter describing the escape from their kidnappers in Haiti. Clip 8. After discussing their plans, the group felt they should escape on the night of Wednesday, December 15. They made plans as they could, but ultimately placed their situation in God's hands, depending on Him for protection and guidance. During the night, as God directed, they prepared they put on their shoes. They packed water in their clothes. When they sensed the timing was right, they found a way to open the door that was closed and blocked, filed silently to the path that they have chosen to follow, and quickly left the place that they were held, despite the fact that numerous guards were close by. They quickly made their way through the night. They walked for possibly as much as 10 miles, traveling through woods and thickets and gang territory the whole hike. Yes, there were times that it was thick, brambles, uh, very difficult to maneuver through, but at other times it felt like God had prepared a path before them. After a number of hours of walking, day began to dawn and they eventually found someone who helped them make a phone call for help. They were finally free. Mm. Ray? Yeah. This is one of the most incredible stories. I mean, Tim, we, we talk about and if you and I have discussed this, we there's so much bad news in this world, right? There's so much that discourages us. Then to hear a story like this, these missionaries who had been held by the gang in Haiti and waiting and waiting and waiting and making an overnight an overnight breakout and the guards were nearby and somehow kept silent enough. I mean, I've been to Haiti five times and you know they there's just a lot of scrub brush down there. I mean, they've got they got the mountains, they've got the forest, and you've got a lot of a, a lot of difficult terrain to get over. And to think that those twelve missionaries, adults and children, made it out. This is 
Somebody, somebody somewhere ought to make a movie about this because it is a stunning, a stunning story how they escaped and made their way to safety. And thanks be to God that they did. Fred? Yeah, during the uh, news conference yesterday, uh, Mr. Showwater, the spokesman there, also uh, made mention that at times uh, during that night as they were on the move, they'd run into difficulties, the pathway, and they stopped and they prayed. Uh, so it, it's interesting how this story unfolded. Back late last week, we were told they were freed. That was the initial story. Uh, I think they were still in country when that story came out. They flew them out fairly quickly, all of them, uh, back to the Ohio. And it is after they were back in Ohio safely that we got the, the, the true story of what happened. And the true story of what happened is, is absolutely incredible. Mm. Well, one other little point here, guys. It was said when this was announced yesterday, they were going during the night, and they didn't have maps. They didn't have cell phones with GPS, right? Yeah. They were guiding. They were being guided by the stars in the sky. Yeah. If there's ever a story at Christmas time that ought to make you smile, can God deliver His people? Mm. Yes, He can. He does. Absolutely. What uh, what denomination were these folks? Do you know, Ray? Yeah, they were this Christian Aid Missionary Society, uh, largely in the, the the Midwest and up into Pennsylvania, uh, Mennonite and Amish, and they're from the conservative side of the Mennonite movement, Old Order Mennonite and Amish folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the picture of of them. That is the hostages, and it was a. I mean, it was a, it was a, a wide range of ages there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many How many of them escaped? Seventeen. Yeah, there were. I think was it twenty one captured initially. Five of them were released about two weeks ago. Yeah. And then the the last of this. The group, group of twelve. It says on our uh, okay. article on AFN.net. Man, mm-hmm. there so was some truly little kids a miracle in that. Yeah. It's truly a miracle. It really yes. is because, uh, um, to be held how many weeks, Fred? Did that, you say they were kidnapped in October? Two months. Yeah, yeah, for two months. Two months. It's very, very interesting. Uh, here's another aspect of it too. They had uh, the youngest that they had in their arms as they were moving was ten months, I believe, and then they had some other kids. Now you have a ten-month-old. Oh man! And mm-hmm. how do you keep that little one quiet mm-hmm. until you get away? Because as the spokesman just said, they were in gang territory as they moved along through the night. So they had to stay reasonably quiet all the way through. And, uh, you know, God just, God just had his hand on that group. And, okay, and, and we don't, I don't know the answer to the question I'm about to ask, but what happened the next morning when the guards <laughs> right. went to check me? You know, this is, this is like there are stories like this in the Bible, you know, the guards right. come to find Peter in Acts chapter 12. He's, what happened? He's gone. What do you mean he's gone? He's yeah. gone. Right. The yeah. missionaries were gone. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It just—it's. I'll be interesting to hear their story firsthand uh, when they get, you know, are able to talk publicly, because it does sound like a just a miracle that they were for the, all the reasons you guys just mentioned, uh, all the things that had to happen for them to be able to escape from their captors uh, with small children in tow, and then are they back home now? Yes, uh, they, Chris, they were flown out. Okay. Yep. Uh, and Haiti's a mess. Right now, uh, right, Ray. 
one of the most Amen. dangerous places on earth because the government is not able to protect its own people. And th- these gangs, Tim, they are running the show down there and incredibly powerful and, and uh, d- dangerous people. And you, you look at them, these, uh, these missionaries, they met three times a day during their captivity to, to sing and to pray and to encourage each other. It's interesting also, Tim, they, the story said they had talked about escaping, but some of them weren't you know ready to do it. And finally, the other day, they came to the day, and December the 15th, maybe it was, and finally the Lord gave them unanimity of, of purpose that this is, mm-hmm. the, this is the moment. And so they made their nighttime escape and their <clears throat> trek, their trek, uh, guided by the stars to safety. Yeah. Uh, if Amen. I may, I've actually got some more audio here. Uh, at a press conference, uh, spokesman Weston Showalter played a clip of the hostages singing the song they say helped them get through the ordeal, the angel of the Lord from Psalm 34, clip 11. Angel of the Lord, Was that them yesterday? That was a clip of uh, a song they were singing. Okay. Well, man, that just gives me chills right there. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, well, praise the Lord. Amen. That's that's wonderful. Look forward to hearing their story. And just keep in mind, folks, these, uh, these Christian folks uh, w- went to Haiti initially to help those folks yeah. down there who were in poverty, many of them in poverty. I think Haiti is the most po- impoverished country in the Western Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know dangerous as they learned firsthand, and yet they went uh, on their own volition, took their families to go down there and help those people. Obviously, to share the gospel of Christ, but to also uh, do hands-on work to help them have a better life. And uh, they were kidnapped. And, but now, praise God, all of them have come home and come home safely. I tell you what, let's do, <clears throat> Brent, uh, our producer. Uh, Brent, let's take our break a little early here, about a minute or so early, and then we will uh, come back with more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. <clears throat> I'm Tim with Ray and Fred and Chris, and we look forward to having you back with us in a couple of minutes. Stay with us.
in His image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022, June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. The more people get vaccinated, the worse the pandemic seems to become. The White House is announcing a crackdown on the unvaccinated, telling Americans to brace themselves for a winter of severe illness and death. They originally told us to surrender our civil liberties for two weeks, two weeks to flatten the curve. Remember that? More than two years later, and the Democrats are preparing for yet another assault on our constitutional rights. The Democrats and their cronies in the mainstream media have been very effective at peddling psychological propaganda. But answer me this. If the new variant is so dangerous, why are the U.S. borders still open? Why are Democrats continually seen at parties and restaurants violating mask policies the rest of us have to follow? And if the vaccine and boosters really work, could someone explain why people are still getting sick? I'm Todd Starnes. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not. Net. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at afr.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. 
I'm Tim Wildman. Thanks for listening to AFR. I'm Tim with uh, Ray and Raising Kansas City. Chris and Fred are 100 yards from me in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, and I'm still in the same place I was earlier, uh, social distancing from all these guys. Um, I want to ask uh, Fred, uh, Brent, Brent, can you grab the microphone? Yes, sir. Brent's our producer and rarely heard, but uh, his, his presence is felt daily here on the, today's issues, hour and a half. Okay, so I want to tell folks what we're doing uh, for Christmas break What, in terms of this show. Uh, tell, tell them what we're doing. We, we are go- going to run uh, Christmas music across our networks. Um, starting when? Starting midnight uh, the 23rd which is Thursday, you will have uh, Christmas music. And I'm pulling up notes here. So we so, so we doing a live Today's Issues th- uh, thir- Thursday or Friday or not? No, sir. No, sir. Okay, uh, no so- live shows then. It's just Christmas music. And uh, we've got a list. I'm looking through my notes here of our Christmas specials that we're going to have. Um, okay. Bear with me, and I'll get you that list. <clears throat> Okay. Well, I just want folks to know, you know, when they turn on the radio Thursday and Friday for this show, we won't be here. We'll be taking a Christmas break, so you'll hear Christmas music. You don't know, are we going to do rap? What are, country? What are we going to do, Brent? A combination of all of the above. No, uh, just uh, a rap country combo? I want to hear this. No, it's uh, just Georgia uh, Line sings Christmas songs. Actually, I think it's just going to be traditional Christmas yes, music. Wouldn't that be that, fair to say? Yes, sir. That's it. Okay, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Uh, it it'll be a <clears throat> traditional Christmas music here on American Family Radio. Okay, uh, Chris, hold your story, okay? Okay. I, I don't know what you were going to bring up it's next. It's the greatest wanna, thing you've I, not heard yet. Okay, <laughs> would you just hold that right there? Because I want I want to I want to talk about Christmas for just a minute. <clears throat> the Christmas story. Ray, first of all, tell folks, I know you're winding down your alphabet Christmas, but tell folk, people what you're doing there uh, at Key Believing Ministries. You're right, Tim. We're, we're almost to the end now. But we started on December 1st with Advent Alphabet, taking a different letter each day, ABC, going on through, taking a word that's related to the Christmas story and doing a brief devotional on it. We've got it in an ebook form. I'm also doing a a live devotional on video on Facebook and YouTube. It's on our website, keepbelieving.com. So on December 1st, A was angels. December 2nd, B was Bethlehem. I think on D was dwelt and E was east, the wise men from the east and uh, H was hope. And, and so on M was manger, S was sign. Yesterday, T was terrified. Interesting word, Christmas word. But the Bible says that when the shepherds heard the angel Uh, In the fields above them where they were keeping their sheep, they were terrified, terrified. First response. Today, the letter was you until they were back to the wise men or the magi. The star led them all the way from Persia to Jerusalem and led them until it came to rest over the very house in Bethlehem where Jesus and uh, Mary and Joseph were staying. So anyway, Tim, we've got tomorrow is V and then W, X, and Y is Christmas Day, and then because there are 26 letters, Z for uh, Zion on December the 26th, which you have to, uh, you'll have to check in on that devotional to see what that is all about. So we're on, it's you, 
then VWXYNZ, and we're done. And anyway, Tim, folks can find all of this. They can find the printed version and the video version at keepbelieving.com. Now, did you uh, do you did you log them there where you can watch them on demand or absolutely no absolutely right the the video is done live at eight a.m. in the morning but you know a lot of people can't watch right then so it's it's archived on YouTube gotcha. on Facebook and on our website now uh, Central Time you're talking about eight a.m. Right, Central, Central Time, Time. Right. I want to ask you this uh, was that whose idea was that to do the alphabet like that well. A, a, a long time ago, when our boys, who are now in their late 30s, when our boys were growing up, Marlene found a Christmas book called The ABCs of Christmas. And we read it. It's a little, little, uh, and probably still in print somewhere, you know, A is for angels in mm-hmm. that book. Mm-hmm. little nursery mm-hmm. rhyme kind of thing. Our boys loved it. Marlene read it to our boys until it finally fell apart. That stuck in my mind. So many, many years later, gotcha. I thought, this would be a great way to do an Advent devotional series. So the ABCs, yeah. we just now call it the Advent Alphabet. All right, I got a Christmas question, uh, <clears throat> a Christmas story question uh, that okay. I've always wanted to know the answer to, if there okay. is an answer. All right. <clears throat> Some things in the Bible that just can't explain it adequately, right? Right. right. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, and Fred, Chris, uh, feel free to chime in, but I'll start with Ray. The star, mm-hmm. okay, that the Magi used to trek eastward. No, excuse me. From from the east. Mm-hmm. From the east to the west. Right. Okay, number one, <clears throat> where did these, uh, do we know how many Magi there were? Number two, how far did they travel? And number three, the star, I, I've seen, you know, we've all seen the, Pictures and movies and books and so forth with the star shining over the man, the actual manger. Right. <clears throat> and uh, I don't see a star. I've never seen a star shine down on anything right. here in, well, in my experience. So th- those three questions, can you help me yes, with those? Yes, okay. What, what is about to happen is a fancy way of me saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because... Well, let's draw it out and use some big words, and we'll let it go at that. Well, uh, here's the thing. The story of the Magi and the star is found in Matthew's gospel. You know, the, the story of the birth of Christ is found two places with the details, Matthew and Luke, okay? Mark doesn't even talk about it. John goes way back before it, back to the beginning, and the beginning was the word. So you've got to look at Matthew's story, which is primarily told from Joseph's point of view, and Luke's version, which is primarily told, I think, from Mary's point of view. There are no conflicts there, but the the story of the Magi and the star, that's found only in Matthew's gospel. So you ask, first of all, how many wise men were there? Well, traditionally, understand, mm-hmm. I didn't say biblically, but traditionally, yeah. three wise men, right? Because the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we don't know that. The Bible does not say there were three and only three wise men. It just says they gave the three very valuable gifts. There could have been a dozen. There could have been two dozen wise men. So we don't know the answer to that. Number two, how far did they travel? Well, we know they came from the east. Uh, I think most Bible students agree, though we can't be sure. They probably came from Persia, modern-day Iran, 
six, seven, eight hundred miles east of Jerusalem. Tim, that would be a long trek. If they came from the east, if they came from modern-day Iran, as most people think, that's a long journey. That's on camelback? Like a camel? Likely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. After a all, camel or whatever. After all, a caravan or seen, horses or whatever. Yeah. Have you ever seen the wise <clears throat> men pictured, and they weren't riding on camels, right? Right. Just look right, at the Christmas right. cards, right? Everybody assumes that. So, yes. I mean, the camel camel was ideally suited for desert travel and it's a long way from persia in the east to jerusalem in the west so yeah probably camels and probably a uh okay again we're uh, everybody got to understand i'm not quoting the bible here but it's not like three guys just showed up on camels in jerusalem you're these were these wise men they were a cast of of learned priests in the east uh who were kingmakers they were politicians they were Religious types, they were students of the stars, of astronomy, and even of what we call astrology. Probably, if they left Persia and made a six, seven, eight hundred mile trip to Jerusalem, you're not talking three guys showing up riding three camels. It could be a hundred. It could yeah. be two hundred. They would have come in a great group. In other words, this would have been the talk of the town when these guys rolled into Jerusalem. Clearly, they're not Jewish. They're not. They don't look like the Jewish people. They don't talk like them. They don't dress like them. I think that's one reason, Tim. I mean, ask yourself: uh, these wise men show up unexpected. They don't have a reservation. How do you even get in to see King Herod? Well, you roll in with a retinue like they probably came with from the east. It was pretty. That would have been the talk of the town, and Herod would have said, "I want to bring them in. I want to talk to these fellows and see." What is all this about the star and the child and all of that? So I think you have to fill in the gaps there some, some gotcha. way. Let what about say, the last question about the the, <clears throat> the star itself? You know, we've all uh, get the Christmas cards right. and the star is shining down on the manger. And I just wonder, is that likely an accurate portrayal? The, um, the star, whatever it was, was shining down but not on the manger. The manger was the, the stable, let's say, where Jesus was born that night, right? There was, I don't think the star was shining down on the manger that night because I think— It wasn't my Christmas card. <laughs> I don't well, know. And in most of the cards that I have gotten this year, the, the star is shining down okay. on the manger, okay? But that's not what Matthew 2 says. Matthew 2 says that by the time the Magi arrive, Mary and mm-hmm. Joseph and the baby are no longer in the stable. Yeah. They are in a house Correct. somewhere in Bethlehem. And the star, the star yeah. when it led them from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, ends up shining on the very house where they were staying, and somebody said, "Well, how come it didn't uh, it, it didn't shine on the manger? Because they didn't stay there, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't keep your baby, a newborn baby, in a manger. That's a feeding trough. One second longer than you had to. So I'm I'm sure the very next day." Joseph went knocking on doors. Remember, that's his ancestral hometown. He found some relatives who Uncle Joe, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Aunt Sophie. Uh, I got a, I got a baby mm-hmm. here. You got to take us in. And I maybe a member, a distant relative, took them in anyway. By the time the Magi showed up, they're not in the manger, the stable anymore. They're in a home. He's referred to Fred? as a child too. 
Is a child, not right. a baby. It's a yeah. Word. yeah, right. It's a different. Fred, word. go ahead. I've always been fascinated by some biblical scholars who connect the Magi story to Daniel, uh, because if you go to Daniel chapter five, uh, uh, when the king was in trouble at that time, uh, he asked for a, somebody really wise to help him out. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it was his mother or mother-in-law or whatever came to the king and said, "Well, there is this guy Daniel." By this time, Daniel was an old man. And she said, By the, there is this guy uh, that Nebuchadnezzar really depended on, and uh, he's a really wise guy and even taught the astrologers there in Babylon. And so uh, a lot of scholars think Daniel taught uh, the uh, ancestors of these wise men about us, uh, an event that was coming, mm-hmm. an event to look forward to. And that's why when you ask the question, well, how did these wise men find out about this? Well, it was probably passed down from wise men to wise men uh, for many centuries until we get to that point uh, where Jesus was born. <clears throat> they got the message, they saw the star, and they followed it uh, to Bethlehem. So I've always been fascinated the connecting the Old Testament, Daniel, which would have been, Ray, probably around 500 B.C., 400 50 B.C., somewhere in there. Right, right. Uh, Maybe uh, around 500 B.C. So 500 years prior to this event we're talking about, maybe it was Daniel that that kind of keyed them in under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And, hey, Fred, everything you said is 100% correct. And, folks, if you doubt that, just read the book of Daniel, chapter 5, verse 11. It actually says Daniel was the head of Mm -hmm. the Magi in that day. And I think, Tim, that, Though that 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 the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah was passed down from Daniel to the Magi across the generations, so that when the star began to shine, they said, "This is it. This yeah. is what Daniel told us about centuries earlier." And one other quick thing, because we still haven't answered the question, "What was the star?" The problem in answering the question is the Greek word for star there is it's broad. It's broad. It it can be used for any bright light in the sky. So we've been debating this for 2,000 years. Some people say it was a notable conjunction of the planets, you know, Jupiter, Saturn, Venus. Some people, it's possible. Uh, some people say it was a supernova. Some people say it was a comet streaking through the sky. In other words, some some natural phenomena that happened at that exact moment, and certainly God could have arranged it that way. I lean to the view that this was not any of those, that it was a light in the sky created by God himself, like the Shekinah glory shining in the Old Testament. Because how would a conjunction of the planets or even a supernova, any of that, how would it lead them not just to Bethlehem, but come and stop Mm -hmm. over the exact house? That's very specific guidance, Tim. So I think it was a light prepared by God to lead the Magi, who represent, by by the way, the Gentile nations coming to their Savior, coming to their Lord. Uh, I think that light was uh, prepared by God so that they wouldn't just find generally where Jesus was, but it led them to the exact place where they could meet the one who was born King of the Jews, the Savior of the world. You're listening to Today's Issues, that's the name of this show, on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman. Uh, the voice you just heard is Dr. Ray Pritchard of Keep Believing Ministries. You can check his website out, Keep Believing Ministries, on the Internet. 
Fred and Chris are also in studio uh, with me today. One other, <clears throat> uh, well, I have a thousand questions about this story, but uh, one uh, another question. I, so you just explained, uh, Ray, that the Magi, which were Persian, most likely, who traveled seven, eight hundred miles, whatever it is, from Iran to uh, Israel. It's a long. It's a long distance. Okay. Uh, obviously, traveling with a caravan, they they were purpose. Uh, you talk about a Rick Warren life, right? They were purpose driven. <laughs> purpose driven, huh? right? That's <laughs> I good. Mean, good night to do, to have that kind of commitment. Uh, <clears throat> they weren't going to look for Bigfoot. Uh, you know, they, they, they knew what they were going, uh, they, they had, they had, they knew their purpose, but they weren't Jewish. Um, right. And you, you just mentioned that they were representative really of, of Gentiles coming to, to find Jesus. Um, would they have known what kind of, they would have had to have known something about what kind of a king they were going to to bring gifts to because you just don't plan that kind of trip you know for uh you know you understand what i'm saying go ahead uh i mean go ahead well or do you i don't know if i was articulate enough on that question or not well number one this much is at least true because fred i'm gonna i'm gonna kick this back to you yeah let's fred jump in here and I, I just want to say, I, the only comment I want to make is Matthew 2, 1 makes it clear, at least this much in answer to your question, they weren't looking for any baby. They were looking, this is the question that they asked King Herod, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Gotcha. King of the Jews. So they knew at least that much. Okay? Gotcha. And if the, if the tradition was passed down from Daniel, we all know the right. story of Daniel. Daniel certainly... <laughs> Uh, made aware of the, he was head of the the Magi, so they knew he was Jewish. Daniel stayed loyal to the Lord, and that's putting it mildly, the whole time uh, that he was in Babylon, and of course he died in Babylon. So I I think he... Babylon would have been uh, Persia, true? Persia, correct. Yeah, okay, got it. So he was fervent, Daniel was, in his faith. And so he would, he would have passed that along with a passion that someday there is going mm-hmm. to be born a king of the Jews. And I, I assume that God told Daniel that this, how this was going to occur. You'll see a star in the sky, a light in the sky. When that occurs, that king of the Jews has been born. Follow gotcha. that star. Wow. And let me, hey, let me ask a question to my Bible panel here. Okay. Every... Every Christmas program I have ever seen, every single one, uh, <laughs> that shows the shepherds and the wise men showing up on the same night right. in Bethlehem. Question, gentlemen, is that likely or is that unlikely that unlikely. they all came Un- at the same time? Unlikely. Unlikely. And yeah. it doesn't include the little drummer boy. <laughs> That's right. Where does he fit in? Right. <laughs> the little, the, the, Chris yeah, I think I think it's unlikely is. because to Ray's point, uh, yeah. we do know from Matthew two that they showed up in the Bible, whether it's the King James or some other translation. It does say the house and the baby is referred to as a child. Uh, there is a difference between a baby and a child in terms of age um, and things of that sort. I myself uh, would agree that they did come from uh, what we now call 
Iran uh, or Persia at that uh, particular day and age because the Persians were the ones that overtook Babylon. And uh, you guys were talking about Daniel. Um, when you look at the King James Version in Daniel chapter 2, it describes uh, the Magi as being astrologers, sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. Mm -hmm. And those were the ones that the uh, king called on to tell him about his dreams. It goes on to, uh, in verse 12 of Daniel chapter 2, where uh, the emperor or king, what have you, was upset with the so-called wise men of Babylon. So mm. how did people know, you know the stars yeah. or know anything about the stars? It was because they were astrologers, as Daniel 2 just pointed out. Uh, so I do think and would agree with you about the connection there, um, that they knew these things, maybe from Daniel himself. You know, uh, another part of the Christmas story, uh, I take you back to, to the field where the shepherds were. And I, for a long time, if you've seen pictures depicting that event, when the angel came to the shepherds, it also says, and then a multitude of the heavenly host. And, uh, and Ray, you can, and the host there is an army of angels. It says a multitude of the heavenly host. And the picture, and somebody pointed this out to me a couple of years ago, the skies over those shepherds were likely filled, filled. Angels poured out of heaven. They'd been waiting for this event for years and years. I can just see them saying, can we go down and join the party here on this night? The skies were just filled with thousands of angels singing praise, you know, uh, it was just an incredible event. And God chose those shepherds, those poverty-stricken, low on the social ladder pole, uh, angel, uh, the, these shepherds, to see this scene. I, I think that it's just absolutely incredible and speaks so loudly of the God that we serve. Amen. <clears throat> just amazing. Go ahead. Right, anything you wanted to add it, to that? It is to me an amazing thing, isn't it? That, as Fred said, when, when, when Jesus shows up when he's finally born, you've got the angels up above, glory to God in the highest, mm. and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And who does, who's, who's the first people on earth who get to see baby Jesus? It's not the scribes, it's not the Pharisees, it's not the religious leaders of that day. It's the most hated, forgotten, overlooked, despised group. I mean, nobody in the first century said, you know, I want to grow up and be a shepherd. That was, you know, you should have bigger aspirations than that. And some people say that the shepherd's testimony wouldn't even be accepted in a court of law. I mean, they just weren't, they were not taken seriously, okay? And who, who actually gets the good news first? Yeah. Shepherds. I think it's just a wonderful story. God's no front runner. Jesus is no front runner. He came for the forgotten he came for the despised. He came for the outcast. He came for those who feel, uh, who feel as if the world has given them a bad deal. He came for broken, hurting people. He came for the shepherds, which means he came for you and yeah. me. And, and, and what did they say? What did they say? They said, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has done. Same thing we ought to be doing this year at Christmas time going to Bethlehem to see what the Lord has done. Right, and they also went and told people about what it is that they had seen. Yeah. And I think that's a message for us. Um, you know, yes, we may be looked down upon. We may have people that think we're crazy or we work in a profession 
when there are other things out there that we should be doing. They still told people about Jesus. Yeah. We should do that as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so we got about a couple minutes here in this hour. Um, remind me next half hour, I, I got to share a, a funny story that happened uh, at a Christmas play <laughs> a few years back that I think our listeners will find amusing, <clears throat> but I don't have time to tell it right now. But I want to ask you, as we wrap this half hour up, Ray, um, there may be somebody listening right now who they're, <clears throat> you know, they like Christmas, but they've never really understood exactly what the true meaning of Christmas. They've heard of Jesus and so forth. But the Jesus, uh, well, Jesus is not multiple people, but the Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas, I'm, I'm, I'm differentiating between the, the Jesus that we talk about at Easter, for example, same person, but uh you know, uh, adorable little baby in a manger, isn't that sweet? The animals are all around and everything. But he came, this was God incarnate to earth for a purpose and a reason. He would grow up <clears throat> to fulfill that purpose and reason. What What is that? What Or what was that or what is that? If you can synopsize in a couple of minutes. The angel said to the shepherds, Luke 2.11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Lord means he is truly God. He is the Son of God and God the Son. Um, Christ means he's the one who fulfills all the Old Testament promises. But Tim, the really important one for our listeners to think about is uh, he's the Savior. He's the one who delivers us from our sins. He came came to be our Savior. And the great good news, last thing I'll say, is for unto you. My friends, he came for you. Not just the guy across the street, not just somebody else. Friend, he came for you. And if you will turn your heart to him, you'll find out he will come in. He will save you. He will deliver you from every sin you've ever committed. And you will be a forgiven child of God. He came for you. I hope you will come to him this year at Christmas time. Amen. Well said. Amen. <clears throat> Go to keepbelieving.com uh, for any more questions. That's Ray's website, keepbelieving.com. All right, we'll take a short time out for news here and be back in five minutes with more of today's issues on American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.